Hello, and welcome to Middle Church Online. I am Natalie. I'm your digital minister here at Middle. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it is Communion Sunday, so I hope you were able to go see Marlene and Ben to take communion with them. Or maybe you're just gathering your own communion elements at home. Whatever it is that you do, know that God sees you and calls it holy. Um, let us go ahead and join worship um, and our opening hymn. But before we do, let's take a deep centering breath. And let us worship God.
everybody. My name is Amanda. I am an executive minister at Middle Church. I use she, her pronouns, and I am so glad that you are worshiping with us on this first Sunday of the month, which means it's Communion Sunday. So as you are at home, make sure you get your coffee, your juice, your mimosa, and your pastry ready to partake in communion with us in a little while. We have also started providing communion from the first, from the front steps of Middle Church at the corner of 2nd Avenue and East 7th Street. So if you're sitting there thinking, I really would love to see someone um, behind a mask and socially distanced today to receive communion, then we will be out there on the steps again from one o'clock until two o'clock and you can find us there. There are many ways to continue getting involved with the life of Middle Church. Go to middlechurch.org and you see a whole list of small groups and ways that we are being in community and caring for one another. I wanna remind you that every single Sunday at one o'clock, you can also join our virtual chat in two, which is an intergenerational, open to everyone time to see each other's faces. Also wanted to remind you that the best way we can be in community with one another is to know what's going on with one another. So continue to use our pastor on call line, continue to use our prayer portal, which will be popped into the chat, continue to let us know how your spirit is, how you're feeling, and how we can pray for you and be with you in this moment. Also want to remind you that at any point during the week when you could just use a prayer or to say the Lord's Prayer with someone or to hear a scripture, you can call Middle Church and press four for a prayer in English or five for a prayer in Spanish. We are with each other even in this moment. Speaking of the prayer that each of us so desperately needs, let's move now into a time of prayer. So take a deep breath. Give God thanks for the breath that you were able to breathe. And let's pray now with our eyes open through dance. who may abide the day of his coming and who shall stand when he appeareth who shall stand when he appeareth
stand and who shall stand when he You know, I'm new to Middle and to this beautiful community, and your ministry of love continues to inspire and strengthen me. Let us all be inspired and strengthened as we pray together the prayer Jesus taught his disciples. There is an inclusive copy printed in the bulletin. Ever loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Middle, if you thought that Amen was beautiful, wait until you see this passing of the peace. New Adventures is our small group that meets every single Thursday on Zoom from 1 to 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And it's an opportunity for mainly our seniors, but anyone who's free on a Thursday afternoon to come together to connect and to share and to really build community during this time of isolation. If you'd like to get involved or join our group, both my email and my phone number are below. Just reach out and I'll make sure to get you connected. Let us now continue worship and be led into peace by the wisest members of our congregation. Peace be with you. Thank you, God, for putting me here with the middle group. I'm so grateful to be here, and I believe that we'll be together again, person to person. I want to say love and peace to all of the middle community and to this new adventures group and in every lang in several languages which i'm holding up peace and love to all of you peace uncle lars loves you let's get on with this revolution middle church i miss all of you it's good to know you're out there good afternoon middle church may peace be with you today and always may god bless and keep you I'll be glad when we get back together again at church. I love you. May the peace of God be with you and Middle Church community and family. I look forward to grasping your hand and squeezing it in friendship. Peace be with you. Hello, all you lovely people that I am missing so much. And I'm sending each of you love and blessings as we live in these challenging times. And I know many of you are actively participating. Godspeed, see you soon. How I miss my Middle Church family. I'm so sorry that I can't see you and be with you face to face, but I know that you're there and I feel you around me, and I send you all my love and all my prayers until we can be together again. My loving friends at Middle, I had no idea how much I would need you once I became a participant. Now, it fills a wonderful place in my life. So I am grateful for all of you. Yeah. 
Our scripture lesson today comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 32, verses 22 to 31. Listen for a word from God. The same night he got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his eleven children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, You will no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with humans, and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Peniel, limping because of his hip the word of God for the people of God. Will you pray with me? O oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our text this morning finds Jacob in a position many of us might be familiar with, 
making his way at long last towards a reckoning with his past. See, Jacob is on his way to meet his brother Esau, and he is nervous. Because, you see, everything Jacob had was, at its root, a result of something he'd stolen from Esau. Years before, when their father was on his deathbed, Jacob had snuck into their father's tent and stolen Esau's birthright and blessings. All the power, the land, the wealth, and every good thing that Esau had coming to him, Jacob had taken for himself. He'd taken Esau's birthright. The stewardship of God's covenant with Abraham meant to be handed down to each firstborn son. Through trickery and deceit, Jacob now held everything that was once Esau's. Power, property, and a generational promise. And after he'd done all that, he'd run away without so much as a word to his brother. Flash forward to today's scripture, and it's been more than 20 years since he fled. And in that time, Jacob has thrived. He has wives, children, slaves, property, and riches. And although it's not that he didn't work for some of those things, wasn't exploited at some points, much of what he has, he got through trickery, lying, and violence. And when those things didn't work, well, he had relationships and social power and that divine promise to fall back on. But now he's headed back towards his family's lands, toward Esau, and he is scared. We know he's scared because the scriptures tell us he keeps sending messengers ahead to try and smooth things over. He's sending property and money and anything he can think of to try to buy his way out of the mess he's made. And despite all this, it is clear that there is no avoiding accountability. Moving forward means coming face to face with the people he's hurt most and taking responsibility for what he's done. And he does not know what his brother's reaction will be. And so he is afraid. For some of us, I imagine that's a familiar feeling. What hard conversations have you been called into recently? And how are you feeling about them? What I appreciate about our text this morning is that it speaks directly into these kinds of moments. In Jacob's behavior, we can see three common ways people react when faced with accountability. Some of us react with avoidance. Some of us double down on our strength. And some of us seek to understand so that we can re-establish control. Can you think of places in your own life where these impulses have shown up? But what is so beautiful about the scripture is that it doesn't just tell us something about ourselves. It also tells us something about how God behaves in these spaces. So let's begin with avoidance. So the sun sets and the night falls and Jacob is alone. He sent all of his possessions and his family ahead of him. And finally, it's just him alone in the darkness. And I have to tell you that I'm not convinced he's really planning to cross the river at all. After all, he has a history of running away, especially when the alternative is to face the consequences. 
I imagine Jacob had spent the whole journey home thinking what would happen when he finally saw Esau again. I imagine he'd played out every possible scenario, and all of them were bad. Because accountability can be painful. It can be overwhelming. And depending on the circumstance, it's easy to believe that it might mean the end of everything. So running away must have seemed like a pretty good option. Must have been so tempting, right? Just slip off into the night, leave everything, start over. It would be so much easier to simply disappear, turn off the news, close the social media feed, shelve the book, choose not to show up, quietly unsubscribe and fade out. But back to Jacob. Even in this midnight of fear, the text tells us that Jacob is not alone. He wrestles with a man until morning. The general consensus is this man, this figure, is some kind of divine being, perhaps God, God's self. But what I want you to notice is that God does not leave Jacob alone in this moment. And beyond that, God does not let him leave. God is present in the midst of Jacob's doubt and fear, and God will not let Jacob go. God keeps him present, keeps him company, and puts him in a position where he has to wrestle with his fear with his failure, with his overwhelmedness at all that is unknown. In the face of temptations to avoid accountability and take the easy way out, God is faithful. God is present with us in the fear and the wrestling, drawing us towards a new day. Self-reliance. Even in the presence of God, Jacob struggles. Unable to simply avoid his problems, he attempts to get free by leveraging his power. After all, he has 20 years of experience wrangling animals, so surely he knows how to wrestle. So he puts his trust in his own expertise and power, leaning hard into self-reliance and self-preservation. And the scriptures tell us that at first it seems he will be successful. Here is Jacob stringing and sweating and fighting, and just when it looks like he might actually succeed, his opponent pulls the rug out from under him. But what I want to suggest instead is that in this moment, God gives Jacob a great gift, a reminder of his very human limitations. Jacob is winning, Jacob is succeeding, and in a single moment, all of his experience and strength and self-assuredness mean nothing. They crumble at a touch from the divine. It's easy to believe that our power, our abilities, and our experience can ease the discomfort that pursuing justice will require. But in the end, we are still human and vulnerable. God steps into the moments where we have become convinced of our own power and capability and puts things back in perspective. God reminds us of our finitude, and that can be transformative. In fact, the text tells us that Jacob will walk with this limp for the rest of his life. The way he moves through the world is literally changed by an encounter with God in the unknown. There is still a reckoning to be had. There are still consequences to face. But God is calling us into those spaces, calling us away from investing in our own power, reminding us of our limits so that we can move through the world differently. Finally, seeking control through understanding. 
So now the sun is creeping towards the horizon, painting the night skies with deep oranges and purples. The stars are beginning to fade, and the day of Jacob's reckoning draws near. He cannot run. He cannot rely solely on his own power. But he has one more strategy to deploy. He tries to control the situation by centering his own desires and understandings. Faced with the failure of all his other strategies, Jacob demands a blessing and the name of the one he has struggled against. See, during this time, to have someone's name was to be able to harness their power, to know them, exert control over them. Jacob asks for the name of the one he's been wrestling with in an attempt to understand. If he can only understand what has happened, if he can only understand the parameters of what he has been struggling with, if he can only correctly name the situation, then perhaps this knowledge will keep him safe, will cushion the blow, can somehow be leveraged to his advantage when Esau holds him to account. And so intent is Jacob on centering his own questions and honing his own understanding that he fails to see how misguided his focus has been. He doesn't even notice that he's been given a new name. While he's focused on gaining some small amount of leverage to protect himself, God is literally renaming him, blessing him, and preparing him for a different kind of future. God has a future in mind for Jacob, but in order to be ready for it, Jacob has to be changed. If he is to live into the blessing God has for him, he cannot remain grounded in self-preservation, self-reliance, and self-centeredness. God has a future for us too, but in order to be ready for it, we must be changed. The scripture today reflects to us the ways that even when we know accountability is necessary, when those critical moments come too often, we fail to meet them. We are overwhelmed by the unknown, and in our overwhelmedness, the temptation is to seek assurance in old habits and strategies, avoidance, shows of power, and centering our own understanding. But the good news of Jacob's story is that even in these moments, God is faithful. God is present in the unknown. God offers us new perspectives. And God changes how we move through the world and how we are perceived. Middle family, the process of acknowledgement and accountability is hard. It is uncomfortable and it can be frightening. And when we come out the other side, it is entirely possible that we will be changed in ways that make us unrecognizable. But we are called to go toward that reckoning, to be accountable, to heal relationships, and to work for justice, trusting in God's faithfulness, God's power, and God's vision for our lives, because we believe that God has a future for us that we cannot even begin to imagine. May it be so. Amen. Hi, I'm Darren Johnston. I'm the chair of the consistory here at Middle Collegiate Church. And I've been coming to Middle and been a part of this beloved community with all y'all since about 2011. Hi, I'm Janae, and I've been coming to Middle since 2017. And in a lot of ways, our relationship really grew with Middle. Yeah. But since mid-March, I feel like, you know, we've been really wrestling with the unknown. Mm -hmm. I, I know we have, I feel like all of you have, what does it mean 
to have something that is bigger than all of us, that we can't see, that we are afraid of, dictating our every action. And Janae and I, you know, we're some of the lucky ones. You know, we're, there are so many in our community who either have been sick themselves or friends or family who have become sick or who have passed away. But I guess the thing I keep wondering about is how do we wrestle with the spiritual turmoil of COVID-19? One of the ways that we have done this is by continuing to dig in at middle. You know, when we don't know what day it is, when we are feeling spiritually unmoored, middle is here. It is here at worship, where we get to see all of you here in our living room, where the staff has turned on a dime to go from producing in-person worship at our church to making our church everywhere by producing worship virtually. It's here in anti-racism workshops where we've made God's love real here on earth by dismantling white supremacy and fighting for equality and equity and justice with the leadership of our senior minister, the Reverend Jackie Lewis. And it's in small groups like Queer Black Men in the Middle or Ablamos or New Adventures or the Young Adults groups where we find community and connection and what can be really lonely times. And none of these things just happen. They don't just happen because middle exists. They require you and they require your support. How can you support the work that middle has been doing? First thing, super easy, sign up to become a member. Also donate, your support powers this movement. Every single gift matters, even in these difficult times, do not underestimate the impact of your generosity. One dollar will touch one person who will become encouraged, empowered, and loved on through Middle's digital ministry. Also, there's different ways to donate. One, go to, to Middle's website and then click the donate button, super easy. Two, find us on Facebook and then click the donate button from there. And then my favorite way that I do is Make a gift via text message. Easy. Just text any amount that you want, whatever you're comfortable with, to 917-924-4666. Middle needs you to empower love and justice in our community. We cannot do this without your help. We, we love, love you, Middle. I was born by the river in her Oh, 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 and just like that river I've been running, running ever since. It's been a long, a long time coming, but I know. Change gonna come. Oh, yes, it will. It's been too hard living, living, but I'm afraid to die. Cause I don't know what's up there. Be on the sky. It's been long. I said a long 
time coming, but I know change gonna come. Oh, yes, it will. Then I go to my brother and I say, hey, brother, help me, please. But he winds up knocking me back down, back down. Now I know I'm able, I'm able, able to carry on. It's been a long time coming, but I know change gonna come. Oh, yes it Will you say a word of prayer with me, little family? God, we give you thanks today for all who gave, for all who wanted to give and weren't able, for all who give time and talent and treasure, hopes and dreams to make your reign come on earth. We ask you to bless our giving and bless us all as we prepare to commune with you in this moment of a holy meal. In your many and powerful names we ask, amen. Thank you, Graham, for reminding us of how much God sticks with us through the changes, making us who we're called to be. And that's why we share this cup and break this bread, no matter what is in your life, no matter where you are, every time we break bread, God is present. This is the body broken for us. When we share it, remember the one who came that we might live and have life abundantly. And this, this is the cup of blessing poured out for the forgiveness of our sins. When you share the cup, you remember how close God is and how much God loves you. Amen. Change.
believe I've been redeemed. Then follow me down to Jordan Street. Change the angels in heaven done sign my name. Stepped in the water, the water angels in heaven done sign my name. It chilled my body, but not my soul. Angels in heaven done change. Jackie here. Thank you, Graham, so much for that amazing sermon. We're so glad to have your voice in our space. And friends, as I prepare to take a few weeks off to do some writing and some thinking and some praying, here is my blessing for you. May you also take some time off. May you rest, breathe, pray, have some Sabbath. Smell the air, walk in the park, put your feet in the grass, play with your kids, tickle your pets. Imagine God's love for you being more than enough and take care of yourself, take care of your soul. And may the peace of God that passes everything we can understand be with you every single day. Mwah! See you soon.